everybody, welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast Network. Craig Schaub here with Bob Garver. And if Bob Garver is here, that means we're talking movies on a Tuesday morning. Bob, how are you doing here on a Tuesday morning? I'm doing great on this Tuesday morning. All right. Well, we only have one movie to get to today. Then we'll, that means uh, we'll get to do a list. We'll get into the movie first. Uh, the, the movie is uh, straight to streaming, Turning Red, the newest uh, Disney Pixar movie that uh, skips the theaters and goes right to Disney+. Plus. Bob, tell us a little bit about Turning Red and what you thought of it. Well, first of all, I want to say this movie is way too good to go straight to streaming. Um, I know that it was... Um, this decision was made because of the Omicron variant, and uh, it looked like maybe there was another lockdown imminent. But uh, once the, the holiday tourism season kind of died down and so did COVID cases, they really should have made the decision to uh, to, to let this go to theaters because it, it could have made good money. Um, there, It had a wide open weekend. Right. Um, granted, the second weekend of the Batman, but there were no other. There was no other competition as far as new releases, uh, and it's certainly good enough that it could uh, could could go to theaters. Uh, this is a um, a very adorable movie about a not so adorable subject. Uh, it's about a uh, teenage girl who, uh, when she gets too emotional, she turns into a giant red panda. Um, and uh, it's an adorable panda. Uh, all her friends want to want to hug her, and uh, her classmates are willing to pay money to have her uh, to, to have their picture taken with her. But uh, still, still causes some drama uh, with her and her family, uh, especially her mother, played by Sandra O, oh, who I just want to say is terrific in the movie. Well, you know, speaking of that subject matter, it's uh, you know essentially a uh, coming of age puberty story of a of a young girl. Um, worst 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 word in the world for a for a concept that's already pretty pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, um, you know, obviously Pixar always has a great look to it, whether it's uh, Up or Inside Out or Soul. They always their films are always beautifully animated and rendered. Um, is Turning Red? Uh, just the same as it in that class of animation uh yeah i mean it doesn't have the um maybe the scale of some of those movies um you know uh, soul for example going to the afterlife having all these various levels of planes of existence uh this movie isn't quite that ambitious but uh but it, it gets the job done it definitely keeps the uh, Pixar streak alive. They've never made a movie I didn't like. Okay. Well, you know, they've obviously the last three three times out here with Pixar, you know, Soul, Luca, and now Turning Red, you know, they're really starting to gravitate towards some really serious and, and really more adult themed, maybe you could say, uh, subject matters, the afterlife. Well, the teenage. Yeah. Um, or teens, but um, you know, do you think that maybe plays a role into why they've gone straight to streaming? Maybe, maybe they think the subject matter may be a little over a child's head, or do you think that uh, the, the you know pandemic has played a, a larger role, maybe than we expected it to with with some of these releases straight to Disney Plus? Well, no, I th I think the, the 
all, I think the decision in all three cases was entirely based on on uh, on COVID and the lockdown. But um, I, I suppose that's an interesting theory um, that um, that that maybe there might have been a reason other than that. But I just I just don't don't see it as um, as anything other than the lockdown. Okay. All right. Uh, well, Bob, a uh, what was your final grade here on turning red? A minus. All right. Yeah. The only thing I I kind of um, didn't didn't really love about the movie was that um, I think that if if you were the first person to uh, to turn into an anthropomorphic animal that's like ten feet tall, I think maybe you'd uh, maybe one would maybe immediately want to go to a doctor or a scientist or a veterinarian. Um, maybe maybe concern themselves less with uh, with family and teenage drama than, uh, than than what we get here. I know it's I, I realize that's a silly thing to say about a movie where where magic and transfiguration are real, but I, for some reason that was a hurdle that that for parts of the story I just couldn't get past. Right. All right. Well, that's uh, you know. Uh, a great uh, review there from Bob, um, an A minus, which is awesome. Can't wait to see Turning Red. You can certainly stream it right now on Disney Plus. Um, so, in honor of Turning Red, and obviously there was no other major releases. Obviously, the Batman is still dominating the theatrical releases. Um, we decided to uh, do a, a top five list. Uh, you know, we always like doing these here with Bob. This week, we're going to look at movie animals. Now, Bob, I, was it, is it my turn to go for first, or is it your turn to go first? I believe it's your turn to go first. Okay. I will give you my top five list. So I kind of cheated here. In fifth place, I have uh, a multiple-place tie, only because I just couldn't leave these cute and cuddly animals off the list. I wanted to try to get them all on there without having them take up five separate uh, you know, lists. So... I am going to dedicate number five to a, uh, a round of uh, movie dogs. I love dogs. I'm a dog lover, Bob. So I've decided to go with Doug from Up, the animated film from Pixar, mm -hmm. Toto from The Wizard of Oz, and mm -hmm. Jack from The Artist. So uh, three dogs, uh, three and different eras, and three different movies, but all very fun and, and very energetic and very cute and cuddly. Okay, hard. very good. Hard to leave them off my list, uh, so I wanted to get them in there. Number four, I went with a little bit of a different uh, flavor. I went with the Armored Bear. Yorick uh, Berninson was played by Ian McKellen in The Golden Compass from 2007. This was a very good voice performance. Ian McKellen could probably read a dinner menu from Wendy's, and it would sound interesting. Uh, but he brought a, a, a lot of uh, prestige and, uh, you know, very much grit to this armored bear and i really enjoyed the movie and i certainly enjoyed um you know his uh, knockdown drag out fight with ian mcshane um in the polar ice caps out in the uh, the ma imaginary world here in this film very fun nice performance by mckellen who's probably never given a bad performance uh, but he certainly was a perfectly voice cast for this armored bear number three I went with uh, the motion capture performance from Andy Serkis and King Kong. Um, I think one of his better performances, I think a better performance than even Gollum in the Lord of the Rings uh, franchise. I think he does a great job handling sort of this 
emotional, uh, dis emotionally distressed Kong as he's trying to sort of get over the loss of his family, protect Andero, who was played by Nomi Watts here in this film. Um, a very understated performance, a very emoting performance from Circus here as King Kong. Really, really enjoyed uh, that movie and that performance and bringing that character to life. At number two, um, you know, we've talked about motion capture, animation, live action. I'm going into the mechanical realm here with Jaws, the the biggest bad guy on the block, perhaps. One of the best bad, bad guys, if you will, villains in a movie that we've ever seen. Uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, just absolute masterwork was a, uh, a really nice blend of fear and mystery as we didn't really see Jaws all the time like you might see villains in movies these days where they're on the screen so much because you want them to, to be seen and to be hated. In this case, it wasn't necessarily a hatred for the, for the character, but it was definitely the fear and the, the mystery and the unknown of when this character would come and strike. So I think for me, Jaws makes my list here as one of my top five animals uh, in film. Number one, I went back to the dog realm, Bob. I, I could not resist. I'm taking Brandy from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is, uh, for me, was sort of a slam dunk, I think, um, at the time that the Pitbull Terrier was was just an absolute gem on the screen. You know, usually the, it's it can be a challenge for films to work when they have kids or dogs or, or animals of any kind. This time it really works. Tarantino, you know, obviously one of our favorite directors, brings this uh, this character into this into every scene, and she really steals a lot of scenes that she's in with Brad Pitt. And obviously, without going into too much detail, her uh, final act of bravery um, is among some of the best in Hollywood that I've seen in movies. He just a uh, a great uh, action sequence involving a dog uh, and very funny, but also very violent. Uh, but Brandy the dog certainly was a was a place that I had to find her on my list, and I could have included her with the other dogs. But to me, she stood out as you know, and maybe this is recency bias, but she was just a fun character. She was loyal. She was well trained, and she stole scenes that she was in with Brad Pitt, who of course won an Oscar, by the way for his performance. So I think that means that she deserves her own spot, even aside from the other dogs on my list. So that is my top five. What'd you think, Bob? I think that's a great list and there's going to be some overlap. Okay. All right, Bob. Well, let's get into yours. Okay. Uh, for number five, I have um, a rather recent cho choice from uh, two movies. It's going to be getting a, a third one soon. Uh, and that is Paddington. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. The uh, the titular movies, but um, just just a wholesome character, just a beacon of positivity in a a cynical world. But those movies uh, are are just so sincere. Um, it uh, the second movie was at the top of uh, of Rotten Tomatoes one hundred percent reviews for a while. Uh, deservedly so. I uh, wish I wish it still held that, was still up on that mantle. But uh, but yeah, just uh, j just an impossible to dislike movie. Um, at uh, at number four, I have a uh, a Disney character. This is the only Disney character on the list. Um, 
but this one was so ironically memorable that uh, she got her own spin-off, I believe about 15 years after the uh, original film, and that is Dory from Finding Nemo. Mm, yeah. Uh, which, which they were able to parlay into a very successful sequel. Um, just one of the most memorable characters in the uh, Pixar library, uh, voiced by Alan DeGeneres, who had a big career resurgence because of the role. Uh, I'm fairly certain it's it's the whole reason why she has her talk show. But uh, yeah, just a, just an immensely likable character. Uh, at number three, I have uh, Andy Serkis in a motion capture performance as an ape, and that is as Caesar from yep. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yep. Uh, this, um, not a lot of people were looking forward to this reboot of the franchise, but uh, thanks to Circus, uh, they, they pulled it off. It was one of the uh, most well-received reboots of the reboot era. And um, yeah, just... Uh, yeah, um, the people were talking about uh, an Oscar for him. It didn't happen. I do believe he got a SAG Award nomination for for this performance. But uh, but good work there by Circus. Um, at number two, I have uh, Jack, uh, aka Uggy, because uh, because they didn't call him Jack on screen very much. I don't think. But uh, the dog from the artist uh, stealing scenes from uh, Jean Dujardin. Uh, who won an Oscar? Kind of like your number one pick. Yep. Um, but uh, but yeah, very very helpful dog there. Uh, and um, yeah, just uh, just hard to take your just hard to take your eyes off of him. Uh, number one, an all time classic from way back in 1939, Toto from The Wizard of Oz. Um, you know, it, it sets the plot in motion. Uh, exposes the wizard as a fraud, and uh, the only the the one who respects him the most is the uh, wicked witch, uh, because when she threatens Dorothy, she knows she needs to to threaten the dog too. When she um, if she's planning to come at the king, she knows not to miss. Yeah, absolutely. Well, great list. Uh, you know, obviously, I definitely appreciate the Andy Circus reference there with with Planet of the Apes. That was a you know, one of those you really could have just thrown a, a dart at the board with Circus with some of the characters he's played over the yeah. years. And, um, you know, I, I chose King Kong. Wasn't even really thinking about Planet of the Apes, but that certainly could have, you know, been a maybe a, a co-submission from me. You know, one one name that I kind of not forgot, but thought about maybe that I could have squeezed in was maybe Remy from Ratatouille. Um, just a, a very charming, almost Paddington-like character. But in this case, uh, not supposed to be a cute and cuddly animal like a teddy bear or a you know a dog or anything like that. It's a you know he's a rat, which uh, you know is is always kind of a squeamish thing for most people. Um, so Remy from Ratatouille was almost on my list. Did you have any uh, animals that almost made that top five? I guess uh, the cast of the Lion King, especially Scar, because uh, I don't think I had any. I didn't have any villains on my list, and uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you you included the the shark from Jaws. Um, I I could have included Scar. I could have included uh, maybe Prince John from uh, Robin Hood. Okay. But uh, yeah, 
Well, fantastic lists. Uh, you know, obviously the, the box office is going to hopefully start opening up here uh, with the Batman now heading into another week of release. What do you have coming up next week for us, Bob? Uh, next week I have the, uh, the sadly, it's a uh, departure from, from the cuddly kid-friendly movie that we had this week. Uh, it's a um, slasher movie called X oh. and uh, also The Outfit with Mark Rylance. All right. All right, Bob. Well, as always, we definitely appreciate your time. Enjoy your week at the movies, and we will see you see you back here next week for more movie talk. Yep. Thank you very much for having me. This is the highlight of my week. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer, you know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.